gather here to mourn the loss of, of Moshe Hashem. It was definitely a Nitzitz of Moshe Abenu. He taught Torah to all walks of life. Of Moshe was a special neshama that was put down on this earth as a schus for all those that, that knew him. He was gifted with a tremendous tisa for learning, a grasp for learning, which was appreciated by great luminaries as Rabbi Yosef Bersalavichik and Rabbi Sparia Gellick. They appreciated his tisa. He had an unbelievable memory for different Torah and and was, and, and was related to him, that the different Torah that was related to him for years back. And we all know his Mishnai Baalpeh, the Moral Baalpeh, people try to know things Baalpeh. But Moshe had a new dimension. It was called Yorodeya Shach Baalpeh. In other words, you asked him where Shach was in your in the question in Basra Bacholov, he was able to tell you where it was, which sin, which sif, and he would quote you a few lines of the, of the shach. And this made him a good candidate to be a mashkiyah kachas, as he worked for the organization, for the OU, under YU, we have, we're supposed to have the Ganakia, and the OU, organization, OU kachas. Ramosh didn't have his own goals in learning. He didn't care for what he could have. Oh, he didn't care to master shots and fought everybody with his bikinis as he could have done. He would rather help an individual with what he needed as he helped hundreds of boys, I don't know hundreds, but many, many boys that walked through sword yeshivas, especially YU. And then when he was on the ship, people asking questions, lawyers, especially Mr. Shalayim. Rabbi Moshe, Tzatzal had patience second to none. He would never get tired of learning with his nephews and other family and non-family members. Whenever I learned with him, it was, it was me who always got up to go, I have to go. I was almost never him to say, I don't remember him I have to go. It was always me that said I have to go. He was there. He knew, he knew the lane of the entire, or more or less, Baalpeh, as he, as he lay in Anjay's fire for many years. Besides teaching many boys how to lane. But Moshe was also a hidden tzaddik. He fasted quite often in his younger days. And even in our regular tanesim, he ended the fast much later than most individuals, sometimes going for hours afterwards. He also kept Shabbos very long afterwards. Maybe 90 minutes or longer, so as to keep the Nishamas out of Gehenna in this world. He lived primitively and knew his priorities. He was happy with his health and the basic necessities. I'll never forget when the Birkasak family came out of Erechisak. The whole world was excited about the bracha that comes once in every 28 years. 
he being Mashkiyah, was busy with Pesach. You know? He says, Pesach is a, it's a curse. It's much more important that you take it and should be taking priority over the blood. He didn't go into the phase that was a block for 128 years. He looked at the priority. What's the priority? Priority is three colors. That's what, that's what was, that wasn't as important to him. He knew his priority. Last week said, Pasha says, The Kaliyaka points out, why was it that, the, that in the last years of plural, Sheva Shalom, all the first years, are in the singular. The author explains that the, that the beginning years are like one, like one year. In their goodness. At the, end of one, at the end of one's life, it turns hard on the many ailments and misfortunes that one endures. And Moshe was a Bali Sun. He was orphaned at both parents at age 16. Then towards the middle of his life, he went through one medical procedure after the other. When four years ago, he was pushed down by a van. He couldn't walk anymore. He overcame COVID. Hashem saved his life numerous times before taking his life in the last blow that he never recovered. It wasn't really a blow, it was just an incident that one was managed by mine. He was a source of schusset as people visited him while he was sick and benefited from his coffin. In other words, while he was sick, people came to visit him, gaining schusim of the mitzvah of the Torah. And, 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 and again, the French benefit of talking Torah and, 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 and marveling at his, at his, at his father. He hardly complained about his plight, but rather asked people to doubt him. In the last days, he was almost 40 days without putting food through his mouth, like Moshe Rabbein. Lastly, I'd like to take out a few minutes Discuss my personal relationship with my own. And neither do I need to be We plug through many chalakum of your day. Especially on Shabbos. Shabbos. The Moran said, Hey, the Testament base says, Whoever teaches the son of his friend is as if he gave birth to him. That being the case, I and many others would be, I would be the son of sons he'd ever had. Yes, he was a loss to many people. But like the Gemara says, Some people are affected much more. And a personal abuse, I call any time in the day and night to pick up the phone. Who could, who could you do this with? Any time, middle of the night, maybe. He would go with you and whatever you wanted. His learning was your learning. He learned whatever you wanted to learn. Whatever took you in, that's what he held in. Because he didn't care about himself, I was likely not diligent enough to help him with his own needs as much as I could have, as much as he needed. And if I asked the Nifter Machim, the brother of Israel in the last year, was mainly responsible for his financial and health care needs. May Ramosheb be a for his family, 
friends and all Kal Israel as he did while he was alive. I kind of think that he was staying alive so long so that you can have the people's husband to dabble with him and, and visiting him while he was at suffering for the last or oh, close to 40 days.
How many people don't forget a thing they learned? But I'll tell you what it was. That whenever I learned with them, I used to learn with them Shabbos. Between 11 and 1, every Shabbos morning, after the, they finished the Sephardish Aminian in YU. Between 11 and 1, 1 o'clock, I brought him home to my mother's house, and he would eat their Shabbos meal. So as I was learning with him, as I was learning with him, as I was... As I was learning with him, when we finished the Shofar, I would leave the base Medrash and I would start bringing him home. As I brought him home, I looked behind me and I see he's not here. I said, what happened to Moish? So I went back and I see he went back into the base Medrash and he opened the Shofar again and he was contrary everything we learned again. I said, Moish, we have to go, we have to go. He closed the Shofan Aruf. He left the base marriage. As I'm walking with him, I see he's not here again. I said, Moish, what happened? I went back to the base marriage and I see he's learning it again and again. He did not close the Sefer until he had it memorized. He did not just close the Sefer until he understood it. How many people would not close the Sefer until they understand something, until they have it memorized? Only Ramosh. And that is why his unparalleled Abbasat Torah made it that he was able to memorize everything he learned. He did not forget a single thing. Not a thing he forgot. It's only one Abbasat Torah of Ramayashan. And that's something that we can all learn from. Another point I want to mention, there's many points, and there's many things to say. But another point I want to say is that he had a love for the mitzvah of Tzvillin and Kriya Shema. He, he, anybody who heard him say Kriya Shema, he said it loud, he had his hand on his face for a minute before he said the Shema, and then he had a Shema, a loud Shema, Shema Yisrael. And I was always saying, amazing the way he says that Shema was such a kavana, was such a kavana. But I want to tell you, everybody should know, that I heard him say this Shema Yisrael, the way he says it, without any change, in every situation of his life. I heard him say it in emergency rooms. I heard him say it connected in the ICU with every single wire connected to him. The same, she said, put up, give me the tefillin. And I would put on the tefillin and the, people, the nurses, I kid you not, this happened at North Shore Hospital. He was also very sick and they said he has a, a few, he's gonna go very soon, years back. And he said, let me put on my tefillin. And he put on the tefillin and he said such a Shema in the ICU that the nurses were saying, what is he doing? What is he doing? This thing, Kabbalah's all of Shema, never changed no matter to all the Yisurim that he might have gone through. And he did not have an easy life. He lost his parents when he was a kid. He went through a lot of Yisurim sicknesses and a miracle miraculously pulled through them all. He pulled through them all. But I always say that Shema Yisrael, without any change, like he did it in a happy time, or in the most serious time, that Kabbalah's Omach Shemayim never changed. And that's an amazing thing. And then when he would kiss that tefillin, he kissed it ten times. He didn't put it back until he kissed it ten times. You know, a little while ago, he was in the hospital, and I told him, Moish put on tefillin for two minutes, Moish. I don't know what's going to be like, let's put on it. So he tells me, two minutes to fill it. That's not to fill it. Two minutes? 
So I said, Moshe, why not do it later? Let's do it. Two minutes not to fill it. Just the way he appreciated that mitzvah of Shema and putting on to fill it, you don't see this today. Unparalleled. Just want us to end up with a third thought. Like I mentioned before, my uncle has a man of, was a man of miracles. How many times medically they said there was no more chance. And he defied the science logic. And he pulled through without any medical explanation. Only because of the chastei Hashem that was watching him and no other reason. So this last time, when he was in the ICU, you know, I was, I was, I was asking the Rabbana to pull him through one more, one more miracle, one more. So many times he pulled through a miracle, and asked him, pull, give, give him one more chance, one more miracle. And the truth is, you know, he pulled through another six weeks because they told me that night, Sukkah, the night, the second night of Sukkah is mostly under, but he's not going to make it through the night. They said there's no chance. He already had two cardiac arrest. He's not going to make it. So I, so I you know, asked the Rebunishim to give him one more chance. And the truth is, it's another six weeks. Miraculously. But I want to tell you something to learn to take home with. And that is that you have to appreciate every minute of life. Every minute is so important. You know, just watching in his room daily, the machine going up and going down, and the doctors are telling you he's not going to live more than 24 hours, his pressure goes back up, he's not going to live more than 3 minutes, his pressure goes back up, and they were telling us this for the last 6 weeks, up and down, up and down, up and down. It gets you to realize how much you have to appreciate life. Yes, he was a man of miracles. Miracles beyond belief. He pulled through them all. Like I said, I was hoping he would pull through this one one more time. But the truth is, what I learned from this last six weeks, and that is how much you have to appreciate every minute of life. We thought he was going to go, and they said, no, the blood pressure picked up. They picked up the medication, they lowered the medication. It was a roller coaster for the last six weeks. But it makes you realize how vital every minute of life counts. And that is what I learned from the last six weeks. You have to use it, not lose it, because life is beyond value. And that is what you should take away from today, to use every minute of life. And there's no question in my mind that Rav Moshe is in Gan Eden. My brother told me, say Vidui with him. I said, you don't have to say Vidui with him. He is a Tzavik Gomer. He went, whatever Yisurim he went through, were not even from his. I always said this, that Rav Moshe, it was the Shmira of Washington Heights. He was a Goyin Olam, a Goyin in learning, and a Goyin in Chesed, and a Tzavik Gomer. The truth is, when we were in the, in the ICU, I did not want to be there this past Shabbos because we, I knew it was going to go because the pressure was so slow and the doctor said there's nothing to do and he's on max of everything. I, was, I did not want to go until I said to my, my family, called me, said, come over, come over. 
And I went into the ICU with a big breath, and we were watching the pressure drop, and the truth is, it was really beautiful. But my mother, and my brothers, and my sister were all doing them. We were singing to the last minute. We were singing, saying Nishmas. It was really inspiring. Difficult, heartbreaking, but inspiring. Saying Nishmas and singing all the Zemiris, the Zemiris that we all loved. Love the Zemiris he loved. Thanking him. Asking forgiveness to be a Melisoyesha. And I'm sure he heard every single word. I'm sure he heard every single word. But the truth is, he did not need any doing because he went straight up to Ghanaian. It happened right after Yom Kippur, he was forgiven. He went straight to Ghanaian. And like I said, a going and learning, a going and chesed, a tzadikamr, may you be. And I will just say that people in the hospital ask me, now, did he have any kids? I said, yes. I said many times, I'm his son. We were all his family. He had many kids, and he taught Torah to many, many, many people. So yes, he had a big family, and he had many kids. And like I said, he went straight without any belief softening, straight to Ghanaian. And the Yisurim that he had was a kapora, not just for him, it was a kapora for everybody. He was, he, 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 like I said, Sadiq Gomer that went straight to Ghanaian. I boys, I use every minute of life. Don't lose it. Should be a militia for the family, for Am Yisrael. Like my sister said, Sahaba, I have to tell you the truth, it was very heartbreaking. <laughs> Dad, Dad gave it to me. He said, it's a heart. You told him, beg him to remind yourself to bring the that's really what we need. Everybody has to wake up. Everybody's in their own world. You have, we're, we're, we're missing the, the anger. You have to realize we have to get back. That's what we need to beg the Rebbe To bring the Mashiach that we need so bad. This is not the place to be. This is not, this is a goal that's getting worse and worse. This is not the place to be. We have to beg the Rebbe to bring the Mashiach. Rebbe said, I would talk more. There's so much to talk about, but I'm going to end it here because I'm very pressured for time. So I guess we'll go head out. I guess the men first. Men first, and the ladies follow. And we're going to follow the corpse. Huh? Okay, my boys, I'm going to ask for the right men to say a few words. I just wanted to, uh, I'm speaking uh, not for myself, speaking for Moshe's house, a name from the yeshiva, and the name of, or the Russian yeshiva, the Holosei yeshiva, and I think I'm also able to speak in the name of Rebbe Lugov Zetzal for this, this situation here. Rambam writes that the uh, best friend is Hover uh, Badeo, someone who's identical with you and Dale. I've heard many times from the Rav 
that the word Deya doesn't just mean intellectual, but Deya also means feeling. That you and this person think the same, but also feel the same. Like, he just knew her intellectually, but he felt the same feelings that she had. Masha was a Chavabadeya for all of us in Torah. He was the epitome of the Talmud of the Bab. Like the Rav said many times, you can know Torah or you can be Torah. So Moshe was the latter. He was Torah. Didn't just know Torah. He was a Chetz of Torah. That's what the Rav taught, what the Rav himself was. And uh, had a tremendous chus, not just uh, to learn Torah with him, even I was Zeichel that he came to my shir last year during COVID. We were on Zoom together. But not just learn, but also fever. I don't know how many years, but it was at least 20, 20 years at least, that we got in every Shabbos together in 101, Rabbi Friedman's I would have the Shabbos, we would do Muslim every Shabbos for many, many, many years. I think that, um, that his pillars were Bokat, Shavei, Shemayim, as my speaker before said, he had a special relationship with the British Lord. So when he prayed, the Shemaim opened up. I saw many times he got him with the noise, with the tears, and uh, it was uh, many, many years to hear his Kiyah Shaifa, which was Trila. His Shaifa was Trila. I remember many times he was the Baal Musaf, Davin for the Ahmed, and he would blow the Shaifa at the same time. It was very rare to see someone who's He's opening up Shemaim with his Tfilas, his words, and also opening up the Shemaim Shaifah. Unique, a very, very unique person, a very special pillar, pillar of our yeshiva. He was a pillar in the base of Medrash. You always knew when he he was there, you always heard him. Davin Bukhurgam and he learned Bukhurgam. So we would miss him very, very much. I'm sure, I am absolutely sure that he went straight into the ropes. Shir. Uh, who 
الدعوه بالذهب الدعبان بالذهب السوهيل ام اس از مشكيه يوزي سبانسبل فور الكاشوس اوف شيل انيفرسري فور ماني ماني ييرز اولدو Thank you. 